Hi, welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. This is Stacy Eldridge, and um, it's my pleasure to be with you today. I am with Lisa Beck, kind of continuing a conversation that we began last week. We were talking about um, the stage of life we're in as mature mentors, mentors. As, um, being mothers to adult children and the beauty, the challenges of that. We could go on with that for about an hour. That'd be great, but we're actually going to switch topics today. Um, Lisa, this is something that you do and are passionate about and um, the scripture exhorts us to do. So I really want to talk about what it looks like in this stage of our life um, or for those that are even a decade younger than us to, to be involved in our communities as mentors. Anything you want to say to people about that? I think it's one of the beauties of being our age. There are many. I, I really do believe that, that there is a lot of beauty to being in your 50s and and to kind of shed some of the things that held you back before and to have walked through enough life that you have enough, you actually have something to offer younger women. And I've been fortunate enough to be in a community, in a school setting where I rub shoulders with a lot of younger women, women that I usually wouldn't get to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And so watching them uh, step into things that I've already walked into and walked out of and still been alive, heart alive, still my marriage intact, my faith intact, and I feel grateful for that. And so you want to offer what you can. That's good. To younger women. Um, I remember being with a woman that was about 15 years older than I was, and her saying, you know, the, the verse about older women yes. teaching younger women, yes. and her saying to me, do, do you know that that's you now, Stacey? Hmm. You're the older women. And uh, no, actually, <laughs> I was not aware of that. And I was actually in my early 40s at that point, and so keenly aware of— how much more I needed to learn and my own need for older women in my life who were before me, which I still need. Yes. I um, I didn't realize that there were younger women, you know, early 20s or even early 30s that, that could benefit from something of my life and story. So even that in and of itself was and is a right. You may think that you don't have anything to offer, but like you said, you you have a history. You have a have story. A history. Mm-hmm. You've you've lived through some things that they haven't yet, and and that's helpful. And seeing God's faithfulness through your story builds faith in their story, and I think it's really helpful. And and we don't often come into a realization of that. We think of that as being much much older. You know, we think of it like a, a wise grandmotherly type with gray hair, but nobody hey, has I'm gray a hair. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I'm, I would like to be a wise grandmotherly type someday. You are. You are. <laughs> but right, we we think like, oh well, you know, that's surely that's not me. But um or there's not a mentoring program at my church. Right. So I I want to um I want to kind of blow out the categories for those that are listening 
to go, what what does it look like? What can it look like? Is this something, Lisa, is this something that you've been intentional about? It's something that I have been intentional about as far as like uh, even, even gathering women like for a set time in a set place and we're going to read a book together or whatever. But I... Th- it's it's hard to do because of especially young moms don't always have a regular schedule right. because somebody has snot and somebody you know it, yes. it, it's disruptive. So I found what actually works better is to look for the opportunities wherever you're landing and that those little things can really make a difference. So it might be somebody you see often on your walks or. Um, but it might be something as casual as at the grocery store when a kid is pitching a fit and you can offer a word of, of kindness or a word of encouragement that they really do grow up and they this really will be over one day and that gets better or gets easier. Um, so you can do it in any manner of ways. But I think recognizing that you do have something to offer is probably the first step. And then going ahead and taking the risk of of offering that. Because we do live in a society where a lot of um, people don't like your nose in their business. Mm -hmm. And they would rather do things independently or they don't want to be coached or told about things. But if you're offering encouragement and love, if if it's out of a heart of love, I think that you really can um, offer well. In wherever Costco, that is really good. Like it can be a way of life. But I also know that you and Brad are intentional about not only the small group that you do occasionally—that's an ongoing thing—but also with particular couples that God brings your way. Um, talking with you and oh, what are you doing today? Well, I'm going over to blah blah's house to help them decorate. Yes, like that's mentoring. Yes. I um young married couples I have a particular passion for cuz that's a hard stage. Yes. It's a big adjustment to to change so much of your lifestyle, your name, your bank account, your living quarters, merging your furniture and your eats eating preferences. It's it's a lot of adjustment. So just walking with couples through that Offering them a little humor in it, offering them encouragement. Yeah, that that's something we intentionally seek after is young couples, young married couples trying to, or before they get married. Oh, even better. You know, yes, yes, because you're pretty starry-eyed and think it's all going to be just pie, you know, and it's not. There's a couple of categories yes. for mentoring. There's young women that I've been intentional about, but I would never say to them, I am mentoring you. Mm-hmm. They they would not say that. It's I'm I love you. I'm in relationship with you. Let's have coffee or why don't you come over and we'll just hang out while we'll fold laundry together. Yes. And it's the conversational living life together. And and that's where I mean people are always watching. They are watching and learning. I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing. And I there's ones I'm drawn to, or I love the way you did that, or the way you pray, or how quickly you went there. Like we are paying attention. And so I think that one of the larger categories of mentoring, whether you call it that or not, is 
is simply living life together. Doing life, yes. Being available um, and being intentional about it. I've been praying um, because of different stages of life, the the younger women that I was able to spend a lot of time, move, change, all of that. So asking God to bring them. Who would you have mm. me be intentional about pursuing? That's good. And um, and then that's cut, that's unfolding in a couple of different ways, and that's the lifestyle way. That's the relational yes. way. But there is also the other way, which is you could call mentoring. This is intentional. We're going to get together for a year, for this uh, weeks, um, every other month, or whatever it is. But again, that. I don't believe that means—we're not doing a Bible study. This isn't a discipleship program. Yeah. This is listening to their lives. Yes. And, and I mean, like, that's a gift in and of itself, to be a person that will listen to your, your life and then, and then offer encouragement, ways that you can guard your heart, press into Jesus, mm-hmm. know Him, and—, and and also being that person that is able to say, I don't know specifically your life and experience, but I have some experiences that are parallel. And um, let me offer you some hope in that. Yes. So I think I think it's actually something for us to pray for, ask for. If we're in a season of our life that um, there's a little space, I mean, we are called to do it. We are called to offer in love. But if you are um, younger and longing for that, or even older and longing for that, I really think the place to begin is in praying, asking God to provide that and open up our eyes to see it. I think I think the key way is the ones that you can really do this well with over a period of time um, are going to be people that you're drawn to. Yes. That it would be a natural, it's it's more easy to spend time with. And if you, if I see someone, um, someone that walks with a deep faith, someone that is, um, I really see something in their life that I love and would, would love more of, then what I've been encouraged to do is to pursue them, ask them to have coffee, would they do lunch, um, what they do. I feel like food is always a, a big opener. In fact, where where is it here? I don't I don't yes, know. Yes, there's no food on this table, excuse me. <laughs> it does but help. It's a little bit of an icebreaker. The the table really does help. It's a gathering you know, around if you, the table. If you ask somebody to come over and there's so much conversation that can happen over food and it meant pretty much or if you just invite them out after church or whatever yes. you want to go. Go have lunch together. Go have lunch together. Then you almost never get a no. You know, people are are up for that, and that's fun. It's fun to be in somebody else's house. It's fun to—you learn a lot about somebody having them in your home, but them being in your home, they also receive from you a lot of story, you know, just by being in your environment. And that is something we don't need to have a degree in. We don't need to be on the pastoral staff to have. Nope. It's really something that we are all called to do in in loving the body of Christ. Oh, I thought you meant eat. We're all called <laughs> that, to eat. That yes. too. In <laughs> fact, what time should I come over really say? <laughs> but that that's eat that's actually easy. And it's not taking on the responsibility for their life. 
we we don't that's not our job. We're not responsible for another person's right. life. We are called to love though and encourage and um and release to God. But but there's a deep value in in offering. And most of us, and those of you listening, you might think that you don't have anything of value to offer when in truth you do. You do. You do. And even even if it is simply listening and asking questions. In fact, that's the number one gift we can give and offer to anyone is the gift of our presence, our attention. Yes. Truly listening. We're not called to solve their problems, but to bear the burdens. So when you walk alongside someone, you're bearing with them, not necessarily in a solution-seeking way, but in a you're-not-alone sort of way. That's so good. So you and I are at the stage of life where our children are adults. And for those that are in this season, it can feel like, what do I have to offer now? I'm not I don't know how to do this, but whether you have children or whether you have never had children, we are all called to grow up and to be fathers and mothers in the faith. And so we wanted to talk with you today about this because we want to encourage you to do it, to offer it, or to seek it out. And all of us to be praying, who would you have me love? And to have our eyes open. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you're in Costco and you see something happening. And who doesn't? Who doesn't, yes. Just to to offer a little Mm -hmm. something. To to offer to the the woman that's in front of you at the grocery store line that is going through her change. And she's not able to find it or she doesn't have enough. And the capacity to pull out a $10 bill and help them out. Like, do it. For some of you as well that are listening, you may feel like, my life is really full. I do not have the capacity to commit to a new relationship for the rest of my life. Right. And is that what you're doing? Is that what we're talking about, Lise? No. When I look back at my own life, I see seasons are of where women came in during a certain season of my life to offer something, and it was— Wonderful is what I needed for that time and that space and that question. And then there might be somebody else. It's not just one person that pours into a life. So you you are not the answer, the Savior, the only. You're a person offering for a season. That season may be one meal. It may be one meal. We just had lunch with somebody last weekend, and I had, I had the sense for it was a one meal encouragement of we see you, we we see that you're new here. Um, we are making this offer. If you need us, we are here. But I I kind of had the sense that they were good there mm-hmm. on their feet. But how great to know. Oh yeah, if we do need something. Didn't the Becks, uh, you know, say something? But I don't think that we'll have lunch with them every week or whatever. I just think that it was it was important for that moment. Right, right. So I think the key thing here is to walk with God. Yes. This is why we, we want to grow in having that intimate relationship with Jesus and to go where He tells us to go, um, do what He tells us to do, and trust Him for the strength 
to do what he calls us to do. And in, and in what we're talking about as well, it's not a lifelong commitment. It's not saying you are now at my table every Monday and call yes. me when any need arises. You know, it's 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 not that. But it is something. And we can all offer one another something. We can. That is merely intended to stir your thoughts and primarily to say to you, you have something of value to offer. That's how it works. Even when, if we are the older person getting together with the younger person, we learn from that younger person. So um, thanks for joining us. Lisa, thanks for being in here today. You're welcome. It's been fun. You have so much to offer, and I'm so thankful. So this has been the Ransom Heart Podcast. Thanks for joining us.